All right. Hello and welcome everyone to episode two of the Generation GC podcast. My name is Molly Huddleston. I'm your host. I am here with Tyler Young from the band Makeout. We are going to be talking about girls and boys from The Young and the Hopeless. Last week, we talked about little things from Good Charlotte's debut self-titled album. Next week, we're going to be talking about a song from The Chronicles of Life and Death. Tyler, hello. Hello. Sorry uh, about the delay. We had a little dog accident, but we're here. We're yes, good. we are. We are here. I mean, dogs, you know, dogs are, are worth it. My parents have a dog, but haven't really gotten to see him in a few weeks because of all this. And I, yeah. I miss him. I miss him dearly. Yeah, that's been one of the one of the nice things about being locked at home is uh, yeah. I just see my dogs all the time and they love it. They love having yeah. us both home. What kind of dog do you have? Um, they're both little. They're both like uh, Chihuahua mixes. Oh, um, cute! So they both, you know, our boy is his name is Tiny. He's like ten and a half pounds, and then oh Mila is our little baby girl. She's about uh, she's gonna be seven months old. Um, oh, and so they're like, like babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my And gosh. she's eight pounds, so they're both little tiny dogs. Oh, amazing! Well, yeah. So today we are talking about girls and boys which is track six on Good Charlotte's sophomore album, The Young and the Hopeless, from 2002. It was the third single released from the album following Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous and the Anthem, which I think arguably are probably, like, even to this day, I would say are their two biggest songs, the songs people know them for. Uh, and it came out as a single after the album was released. I think the music video, which we are, we have so much to talk about with this music video, um, came out as a single after the album released. It hit number 48 on the Billboard Hot 100 in the U.S., which made it their third song from this album, following Lifestyles and the Anthem, to cross over from modern rock radio to pop radio. And in the UK, it did super well. It was their second top 10 hit, uh, actually hit number one on the rock and metal chart in the UK. This is, I mean, like I said, it's a hugely popular song. And if you see Good Charlotte live, you are almost definitely going to hear them play this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, funny enough, we, uh, so there was a point in time where Joel and Benji um, were looking at our band uh, to manage us. And really? We, yeah. And so we went out to lunch with Benji and um, we recorded our record with John Feldman, who right. has done a bunch of the Good Charlotte stuff in the past. Um, so we went out to lunch with Benji and John. And while we were at the restaurant, this girls and boys came on. <laughs> while we so were sitting funny. there eating lunch and we were just all like hey like it's on the radio and then john's yeah. just like yeah that's what happens when you write a smash hit and we were all just like whoa <laughs> like he just said that i mean yeah, like true uh -huh. but i uh <laughs> what a I, flex <laughs> right i interviewed kevin from walk the moon uh earlier this year in january and as i was like, I think I was scheduled for 5.30 p.m. this, like, a Thursday evening. And as I'm, like, pulling up, because I was, like, cutting it super close, getting back from work. As I'm pulling up, Shut Up and Dance is finishing on the radio. And oh. I'm like, all right, another, like, <laughs> smash yeah. it. And that's, that's what happens. Yep. So we're good. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about John Feldman and about your band and everything. But I want to talk about, I mean, this song. So I had reached out to your publicist, Mike, a few weeks ago, and I've worked with Mike several times over the years. I mean, he's, he's been in this game. He's, he's, he's <laughs> awesome. He worked with so many different bands and anyone listening to this, if you like any, you know, scene bands, Mike has probably either worked with them or worked with someone on their label at one point. Uh, so I had asked him if, any of his clients were fans of Good Charlotte and wanted to come on this podcast. And so he gave me your name and, you know, he, he said that girls and boys was the song you wanted to talk about. So why did you want to talk about this song in particular? Oh man. I just, um, so back when it came out, I was, I was in the same boat. Um, Cause I think that you wrote here that you had the album before this song came out as a single. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, but like I fell in love with you know lifestyles of the rich and the famous that's that's what hooked me um yeah. so I got the album when it first came out 
And then um, I think immediately I've, I've found that I always have a knack for like picking out what songs are going to be the next singles uh, mm-hmm. on records. And so like, as soon as I heard that album and heard girls and boys, I was like, I know that's going to be it, you know? And then they came out with that music video and I can just remember it being on MTV oh, yeah. like 24 uh, seven yeah. back when it came out. And it was just the funniest, it's just like the funniest music video. And that like, I haven't watched it in years and years and years, but yeah, you know, I, I still I remember either. But I still I was... remember the whole thing, you know, they're like, <laughs> they're hanging out with all the, the older people and just like rocking out and like, you know, they're all the old people are acting like they're young and it's just like uh, the whole thing is just funny. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think just like this record, the record in general for me was just a big turning point. Good Charlotte was the first mm-hmm. concert that I ever went to ever okay what what Um, tour was it who were they on tour with so it was their tour it was the young and it was the young and the hopeless tour okay um and i think if i remember correctly it was like reggie and the full effect something uh maybe it was messed actually oh my god messed messed and something corporate uh but yeah so this the the whole record was just like um it's just like a staple of, of me growing up because it came out yep. when I was 12. So, okay. um, you know, I was really influenced by, by the guys at Good Charlotte and having that be the first show that I ever went to, you know, I'm mm-hmm. never going to forget that. So, yeah. So you were probably 12, 13 or so when you saw them the first time. Yeah, I think I was 13. Yeah, I was. So I was also 13 the first time I saw Good Charlotte. They were touring with Simple Plan. Um <clears throat> It was a few months after Chronicles of Life and Death had come out. What did what did you think when you saw them live for the first time at 13 years old and like this is your first concert? Yeah, I mean, it was at um so I grew up in Rhode Island. So okay. I saw them play in Rhode Island uh, and it was at what's now called the Dunkin' Donuts Center. So it was a big wow. arena. <laughs> um and so to have my first show be at like this giant arena, it just was, it was larger than life, you know, yeah. like I had never experienced anything like that. And to have um, just a massive stage with like the music just blasting and all the crazy lights and just to have that be my first show was just like, man, like that is cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and that's, I went to so many shows since. So I, oh, yeah. they, they hooked me. I, I was on Warp Tour when they came back in 2016. So that was that was great. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. Yeah. So Makeout has covered Girls and Boys. I was searching because I always try to yep. see if I can find like alternate versions covers. Uh, Makeout has covered this song. I, I found a video that was like January 2019. But was this a song? Like, have you played this song a lot? Like, is it like a regular thing in your set? No. Um, so <laughs> we only did it for, we did the short little, um, headliner run in January. Mm-hmm. Um, it was January like nine shows last year, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, um, we knew we wanted to just make the set a little longer. So we, um, you know, we just played everything off the good life and threw, um, good Charlotte in there just cause, uh, we all knew it and we threw we were able to throw it together pretty quickly. Um, yeah. and it just kind of fits our vibe. So, uh, it works pretty good. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I noted that, you know, like when I listen to make out, when I listen to the good life, like the first influence that comes to mind to me is five seconds of summer who, you know, obviously have worked with Benji and Joel quite a bit. Um, they actually covered this song in 2015 and, in that interim when they were, when good Charlotte was on hiatus. Um, but Tyler, can you talk to me a little bit about like how good Charlotte has influenced both your wanting to make music as well as, you know, what you guys do with makeout? Yeah. Um, so funny enough, we get compared to them fairly often. Sure. Um, like you said, with five seconds of summer too, that happens a lot as well. Oh Um, yeah. Callum and Ashton actually helped us write a couple songs on the record. So, you know, it's not that far fetched (laughs) to say that we sound a little bit like them. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think with that being the first show that I ever went to, that kind of shaped my musical tastes moving forward from there. Um, 
because I think like after I started getting into Good Charlotte, I started finding more of like the the punkier bands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I did after seeing Mess. You know, I bought that record. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think who else I would have been listening to at the time. I mean, I went a little harder into the punk stuff, like No Effects and Pennywise, mm-hmm. and and AFI was one of my favorite bands growing up. Okay. Um. So yeah, and I think I think it really stemmed from from that and they just had this way of blending pop with punk that nobody else really did mm-hmm. as well. Um, Cause you know, you have like some 41 and green day and blue 182 and they're all sort of similar and they all came up at the same yeah. time. But Gert Charlotte, um, I feel like has, has stuck out from those. Yeah, that's, yeah, I agree. Um, and I don't know if I can like quite put my finger on it, um, but just being so in love with that record, um, has, has shaped, um, you know, how I go about writing songs. Um, and yeah, it's just always, uh, that being my first show is just always going to be a special moment yeah, to me. For sure. And then you got to work with John Feldman to produce your record. Yep. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty wild. So we, <laughs> um, before we were make out, we were, this band called trophy wives. Right. And, um, we did the Ernie ball battle of the bands like everybody does every year yeah. to, to mm-hmm. get on warp tour. Oh yeah. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize is there's like a national part of it. Um, so like everybody who wins their local stage spot are put into this pool and ap- out of everybody that wins those local stage spots, they pick four bands to come out to LA um, and play a show in front of judges. And so John was one of the judges so cool and um yeah and we didn't win that year um but after you know after they announced the winner john came up to us he's like hey you guys are the rhode island boys i like i like what you're doing what are you doing the rest of the weekend and we're like i don't know this is our first time in la we're just hanging out he's like why don't you come by the studio um Uh, that's cool (laughs) yeah it was very cool it was very surreal so we went by the studio um and you know you walk in and he's just got plaques of gold records on the wall oh my god (laughs) and it's all these bands that i grew up listening to like the used story of the year good charlotte uh it's just everybody that i listened to growing up yeah um and then yeah so we stayed in touch with him he was like yeah go home write some write some songs send them to me keep me in the loop uh, and after about a year and a half of sending songs back and forth, he was finally like, all right, let's do a record. Um, and then we spent about a month at his house uh, doing the good life. I love it. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get back to girls and boys. So this song, I mean, it basically depicts, you know, stereotypes of men yeah. and women, right? Like the men who are just materialistic image obsessed, but they don't actually have much to say the women who just want the guy that's going to foot the bill. Uh, You know, it's people who are immature, who are shallow, and it leads to people losing their souls, you know, losing their personality. Uh, You know, what's your interpretation of the lyrics? Did you have like any, anything else you took differently or you wanted to add? Yeah. It kind of seems like they maybe wrote it from a place where they weren't those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, exactly. like maybe growing up, they were like, I mean, they talk about it all the time. They were yeah. misfits growing up. You know what I mean? Like they didn't necessarily fit in with everybody else. And I think that song kind of came from that place yep, where, exactly, you yeah. know, they saw everything going on. They saw, you know, the prettiest girls in high school are going to date the, the jocks, uh, you know, the captains, of the football team and so on and so right. forth. Um, so I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's necessarily as like serious as the lyrics sound as much as it is like a satire of kind of like what they were noticing being yeah. sort of like the outcasts uh, well, and, growing up. And that's, yeah, that's something I had noted here too, that I think it comes from a place of frustration, you yeah. know, feeling frustrated and angry and confused basically that everyone else around you has all these things they have money they're attractive they have relationships with other people who have money and are really attractive and you're just like why do they have this why don't i have it you know they're not better than me they're all they're all fake yeah exactly i yeah that's that's the take i got from it too yeah and and that's something that i don't I don't think I necessarily had like that kind of level of analysis when I first heard this record and I was like 11 years old. I think when I, 
like when I first heard it, I was just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. People are, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. <laughs> fake. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have a girlfriend. They just like girls yeah. or they just like guys with cars. Yeah. Like fancy stuff. Yeah. I don't yeah. have that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, and I want to talk about the fact that I feel like the way that we talk about gender and, and stereotypes has changed. Like, you know, this, this record came out 2002, uh, like fall 2002. Um, Man, that's almost 20 years ago. I know. So 18, 18 and a half years ago, <laughs> right? Um, which is a really long time ago. And people, I don't know if it's that people are not stereotyping as much or if it's that mm-hmm. we kind of call it out more in 2020 than we do in 2002. You know, Twitter especially makes it, you know, if something happens on Twitter, you get called out. If something happens on YouTube, you get called out in the YouTube comments, right? You get called out on Instagram. Yeah. Um, do you think they would have written this song in 2020? Like, how how would this song be different if it was written now? Or would it be the same? That's a good question. I I don't know that they would have put it out these days yeah um just because like especially like being an artist um you know people are going to interpret things how they want to interpret that and you're always going to have people that are going to be against what you're saying i mean if you're like in the realm of like the song if you're saying something like that people are going to be upset right Um, i mean and and people or I, I, people are, you know, they don't love this song in 2020, per se. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know that they would have um, that they would have put it out. I don't know. Uh, it, is a, it is a lot different of a time now. Um, and just to, you know, we've made a lot of strides in, in getting rid of the, the gender roles and the stereotypes um, yeah. of the past. And I think we've moved forward a lot and that's great. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know that it would, would have gone over as well nowadays um, or if they even would have put it out at all. Yeah. I, I wonder, cause we'll, you know, in, in the next sort of segment of the show, we'll dig into this a little more, but I wonder if they maybe instead of calling it girls and boys and saying, Oh, this is what girls do. This is what boys do. I wonder if like in 2020, they just would have written a more, general song about you know this type of behavior that isn't necessarily gendered because i don't yeah i see what you mean like i I don't know if any of this stuff like being image obsessed or being attractive without much substance like i I, frankly i don't think that necessarily has to be a a guy thing or a girl thing right yeah or and it definitely hasn't gone away you know like that's definitely definitely still happening nowadays definitely definitely there's definitely something to comment on but they may have just had to uh, worded a little differently i think yeah yeah i i mean i remember hearing this song the summer so like i had bought this album i was like finishing up sixth grade so like the album had been out for a little bit and it was like right after this album came out i was away at summer camp and this song was on the radio and they would like play it. They would like play this song at, at dances at summer camp, uh, which like now I'm like, okay, that's like kind of funny when you, when you think about like what the song is about, but I don't know. I liked rocking out to this song in my, you know, 11 year old summer yeah. camp, like fake prom dress and such. Yeah. I mean, I can remember them playing this like at school dances and stuff because yeah. I mean, I was, you know, 13, 14 at the time. So I was in middle school. Yeah. Um, and, you know, school dances were in full swing. And then so I, I was always the type of person where they'd be playing like 50 Cent and Ludacris mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. Lil John. Uh, and then like something like Good Charlotte would come on. I'd be like, yeah, you yeah. know, it'd be like it'd be like the two or three. It'd be one of the two or three songs that I heard all night that I was like amped about. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing like this and there were a couple of simple plan songs that were in swing yep. around this time too. And yep. then if you got lucky, Good Riddance by Green Day was like your slow dance song. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um yeah, lots of lots of school dance memories with this song. So funny. 
Those school dances are so awkward. They're so awkward. I I have a couple pictures, you know, somewhere. I don't try to. Uh, oh God, yeah, up. I was gonna say I don't want to see mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I know by the time I got to high school, like I just I, I went to like a few dances freshman year. But after freshman year at high school, like, I just kind of stopped. I went to, like, all the dances in middle school. Yeah, same. Just because that was, like, the thing to do. Yeah. You know, it was, like, it was a way to get with your friends mm-hmm. after school, after hours, and, like, hang out. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I was the same way. I went probably a few times, like, my freshman and sophomore year of high school. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. Like, I, I could be, you know hanging out in like a smaller group or even at a party with like the smaller group of the people I like actually want to be with. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's move on to our, our next little part of the show. So I want to talk about this music video. Okay. This music video. So I, I know you were talking about, you remembered seeing this on MTV. I don't remember watching it on MTV, but I, like, I never really watched MTV growing up unless it was, like, I knew, you know, Good Charlotte was going to be on TRL or something. Yeah. Um, So I probably found it, I probably watched it online first, which I guess I must have seen on their website because in in 2003, you didn't have YouTube. So it was, like, a little harder to find music videos online. Uh, so the story of this video, the members of Good Charlotte are all hanging around with a bunch of elderly people who are having the time of their lives, basically acting like they're young. So it kind of contrasts um, the song itself, which seems to point to younger people. So Benji gives a woman a massage. Billy plays. Yeah. Uh-huh, <laughs> that, I that, that I think was my favorite <laughs> part. Yeah, that scene is so ridiculous. <laughs> um, Billy plays video games with some of them. Paul gets nice and close with a few of them. There's that great uh, dance sequence where Joel is kind of leading them. Uh, yep. That was good yeah, too. Yeah, like There's in the middle of, of the video. Yeah. Yep. Wow, I remember all this without even like yeah. having seen the video in a while. I actually just threw it on so I could watch it. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's great. It's a classic. Um, and then what I what I didn't remember though is the end of the video, where an alarm clock goes off and Benji is like in bed and he like rolls over and wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> that part of the video I did not remember. Yeah, he wakes up next to the lady that he was massaging, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Too funny. I I also noted that Benji's hair in this video it's cut short and he's got this. Uh, cheetah print going on he doesn't Uh, have the spikes that he had for a while yeah he doesn't have the spikes uh he he did a lot of i mean joel had some you know fun hair colors he did and paul would kind of go between like dark and and like really blonde um billy i think pretty much always had like dark hair but benji was the one that i feel like experimented the most with the uh the hairstyles and the makeup. He had the eyeliner in like tears on his face yep. here. Um, so something I only found out about this video uh, when I was researching it, it was shot in Ellerslie, New Zealand, uh, which is a suburb of Auckland. And so our last episode, episode one of this show, we talked about little things and that video was shot in Mississauga, Ontario, which is just outside of Toronto. And we came to the conclusion that they were like probably on tour, had a day or two off in that area. And, you know, you know, probably had like a show in Toronto and then a day or two off. And that just happened to be where they found a school. Yep. That sounds about right. Yeah. And I was doing some research and cause I, I was like, okay, why, why did they shoot a video in New Zealand? So per stuff, uh, a New Zealand website. They were in town to perform at WOMAD, which is an annual music festival there. And this article is fantastic. I was like, holy shit, what? Oh my God, <laughs> like the whole time reading it. Uh, so this article, and I will link this article in the show notes. Um, 
This article focuses on Margaret Maggie Jones, who was one of the stars of the video. She was 83 at the time of filming, and she had been approached when someone noticed her dancing ability at a health expo in Auckland. So, I don't know, just, like, imagine your your grandma or, you know, an older relative just... <laughs> Hanging out. <laughs> right. Live, live their life, and then all of a sudden, they're in this music video that's, like, everywhere. Um, they had had their first platinum record in 2001. Their self-titled went platinum in New Zealand. Um, Benji talks about how you know, everyone in New Zealand treated us like we're at home and how much they love the country. Um, Maggie Jones goes on to say in this article that when the video was released, she was getting calls from her great nephew uh, who lived in Dublin, people all over the world telling her they'd seen her in this video and she went on to appear in several TV ads. Wow, it's just kickstarted her acting career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I thought that was so funny. You know, you, it, who knows what kind of opportunities can happen from from the most random happenstances at all. Um, yeah, that's funny. And and then at the time of this article, uh, Maggie was ninety years old. So I guess this was about seven years later. Good Charlotte had returned to New Zealand to perform at. Sedon Park. I hope I'm saying that correctly. S-E-D-D-O-N. Anyone in New Zealand is listening, please correct me. Um, They played Girls and Boys as a tribute to her. And Maggie and Benji caught up with cuddles like they were long-lost friends. Aw, cute. Yeah. I I just imagine Benji as this, uh, you know cougar or or no she would be like the older woman would be the cougar, right, right? <laughs> you know benji, benji. Like, do you want another massage yeah. <laughs> right right you know benji <laughs> benji just kind of being this ladies man going after you know the older woman i mean yeah, that, too funny. <laughs> i know she she must be the talk of the town i would i would love to catch up with her now i thought that was real funny uh i another interview i found was from Black Velvet Magazine, a UK outlet. This was in 2003. Joel talks about uh, how being on a major label, they were on Epic Daylight, uh, meant that they had money to do things, like make bigger videos. Um, I don't know if he was referring to this video or not, but he's, I'm not sure what video he's talking about, but he says that our last video cost us 150 grand maybe less and that's expensive to us and he said you know i've heard of bands that have spent 500,000 on a video we would never do that just on principle um the article goes on to talk about girls and boys immediately after that so i i don't know if like he is referring to girls and boys when he's quoting the video budget um yeah, I mean, just watch, re-watching it there, I can't imagine, it was probably like 50 grand, I can't imagine that would be that expensive, there wasn't really that much that went into it. Yeah. They like yeah. were hanging out at a house, and they probably had to like rent the venue and get all the, and get everybody there to fill the venue, because they, you know, they did the live performing shots, and then, the, you know, they were at a bowling alley for the dancing part, but that's about it, you know, there's not really yeah. a whole lot going on. Right, it's, it's not, like, they didn't have to build a set, I mean... Yeah. Joel and you know there there was that little dance sequence that I guess had to be choreographed but you know I, I get the vibe like you know the part where Billy is playing video games I don't necessarily get the vibe that I mean I mean I'm sure it was like ran out and there was a storyboard but I kind of get the vibe that they were all just doing what sort of felt natural to them and kind of taking on their their personalities like so it it it, it I mean, it's a fun video and there's like a lot of details I think you can point out and seeing how they each interact with all the older people. Um, yeah, I think that's what always had drawn me to Good Charlotte and why I yeah. like them so much. I always appreciated their sense of humor. Yeah. Because um, I don't know, people that just take themselves too seriously is just kind of, it's always been like a turn off for me. Yeah. I, I appreciate the fact that they can just be goofy and be themselves and yeah. you know, we try to do that as well. So 
Definitely. Um, maybe that's because I grew up in Good Charlotte. You know, who knows? Maybe, yeah. No, I, I, I get that too, that I, I feel like they, because there are, I mean, if you go into like the more punk side of the pop punk spectrum, you know, you tend, you, you know, there are some very punk bands that I guess can be humorous, but sometimes, you know, bands are real political and yeah, they're just really serious. serious. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. And, and you know, I, right. I think it's, super important right now to talk about you know politics and and social issues yeah absolutely but yeah it's a little tough uh to talk about something like that and then be like you know massaging an old lady in your music video like eh, right (laughs) you wouldn't exactly get your point across (laughs) right no and and it's you know social commentary and it's social commentary but there's like humor in it too um there was a, I guess this was the red carpet at the APMAs in 2016. Um, they did a little interview with Fuse and Benji said that, you know, he says songs like Lifestyles and Girls and Boys where we were making our own little social commentary. I feel that never changes. You have those realizations as a young kid and you said it on record, but none of us have really changed. Um, so it, it's social commentary, but yeah, they they did it in a way that was like they, it's like satire. Yeah, satire. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what I was looking for. Um, <laughs> I I had a lot of fun reading about what inspired the actual writing of the song. Um, so in like 2016, basically not not too long after the band reunited, Benji did an interview with AV Club. Uh, so he talked about what and i i'm gonna paraphrase here but he talks about they were in la to make a record they didn't live live there yet uh both benji and joel now live in los angeles but they were in la for the first time they had never been clubbing before you know they they went to rock shows right they played the vans warp tour um so they tried to go to a club they don't get in try to go to another club they don't get in and, you know, eventually they get in somewhere, but they're like, oh, uh, what, what is going on? What is this? You know, this is what's around me. I don't know this world at all. Um, and he says they wrote this song the next day after that night. Um, the interviewer at AP Club asked Benji if it was a culture shock. And he said, I think we found a lot of it to be funny and that he still does. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know this, Tyler, but Benji and Joel, like, went on to DJ a lot. And then even, like, Good Morning Revival obviously brings a lot of that, like, dancey kind of sound. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, eventually, I guess they spent a lot of time in clubs, but definitely when they first experienced it, it was very new, it seems like. Uh, but yeah, like you were saying with satire, ben, Benji says in this uh, AV Club interview that he has found that dynamic to be very amusing and that, you know, he thinks he and Joel were able to articulate it all in a very funny, young way on that record. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that for sure. Um, and especially because they, they're from D.C., so like... yeah. Um, I mean, I've only lived in LA for about a year now. Okay. Um, but I can remember coming out, like I, when we came out for the Battle of the Bands, being out in LA for the first time, it's just different out here. Yeah. Um, and like the whole, you know, girls like boys with cars and money kind of thing is a little mm-hmm. more prevalent out this way. So I can definitely see why it was a culture shock and why they yeah. would think it's so funny going to a club. Just yeah. because it's like, it's everything you know about that stuff taken to like, the extreme when yeah. you're in Los Angeles because everybody's out here just like <laughs> being fake. <laughs> yeah. It's I, so I live in New Jersey. I'm like very much in the suburbs, but you know, I've spent a lot of time in New York and it, the vibe in New York and LA are, I think pretty different in that way. And, and like I've been to LA several times too, but I don't feel like I, I, I definitely, I've never been to a, a club in LA. <laughs> so like I've done the tourist thing, you know, I've been yeah. to the, you know, the beach and Santa Monica and everything, but I've never done the club thing. Um, 
but it's just it, so over the top. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I, I mean, don't, that's what LA is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I, I like dancing and I like going to shows where I can like dance and have a good time with my friends, but I don't know the club atmosphere. I mean, I, I like, I've been clubbing in Berlin and Istanbul. Cause I was like, well, I'm, I'm in Berlin you know, I'm not going to not go down to a nightclub when I'm in Berlin and I like meet some people at a hostel, right. you know, but because to me, it, but to me with that, it was like the fun of it wasn't going to a nightclub. It was like being in this place I had never been before. And, you know, some people I've never met are like, Hey, want to go, want to go to uh, a fun thing. And I'm, you're just like, eh, okay, sure. Yeah. That sounds like what they experienced too. You know, yeah. they were just mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's go out. Let's go, you know, we're yeah. in LA. Let's go experience yeah. something. <laughs> right. And, and they were like, Oh wow. This is just yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, I noted that drowned in sound said the song was undeniably shallow, but that it had a chorus that stuck in your head for days. I would kind of argue that the song is not shallow. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it, it's like a, it is satire in a way, but it's right. totally social commentary. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, if you take it at like surface level, yeah, maybe it could be like seen like that. But I mean, if you're actually reading the lyrics and looking into what the, the meaning of the song is about, it's, you know, it's a, it's a commentary on, yeah. on what was happening in LA when they were there. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I tend to agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I love picturing though, you know, Benji and Joel Madden in Los Angeles for the first time, you know, from, from the suburbs in Maryland, just like going clubbing for the first time. And they're like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, and Benji probably had his like big spikes and eye makeup and all that yeah. stuff all done up yeah. to go out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's probably why they didn't let them in anywhere. Probably right. No, it's I, I. When I was on Warp Tour, we had a day off in Vegas, and one of the people I was touring with like wanted to go out to some like really fancy clubs. We all got like super dressed up, and they like almost didn't let me in because I I like my I was dressed nice enough, but like my purse I guess was casual or something. Really? Some yeah, something like that, and I was like. But it was like, what the hell? Like, what what kind of purse? Like, I'm I'm out here on warp tour. Like, what are you? Expect? Yeah, right. Sorry, <laughs> not, you need to that, be wearing Gucci to get in. Right. Not that the bouncer knew that. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I think probably my favorite fun fact about this song, um, there was a 2019 piece on Interview Magazine where Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti said it was his favorite GC song. Um, You know, I just, as I've been getting ready for these episodes, I'm Googling, you know, Good Charlotte and the song title and trying to find just whatever I can. Um, So Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti says that he became friends with Benji and Joel and their wives, um, Cameron Diaz and Nicole Ritchie, when they came to support him during his race for mayor. He says, we just hit it off. My challenge is to try to tell stories in politics better. And for them, it's bringing the political to the storytelling. I'm, glo- going to <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth right now on recommending a song of theirs because I don't want the brothers to get jealous. But if you twist my arm, I'll say girls and boys. So you heard it here per interview magazine <laughs> that uh, the mayor of Los Angeles not only is friends with Benji and Joel Madden, but is, excuse me, his favorite song of theirs is probably girls and boys. There you go. <laughs> hmm. Things I... Go I figure. Ne- yeah, go figure. I, I never... <laughs> I guess I never would have expected, you know, and I'm sure like the, the Benji and Joel in 2001, 2002, who were in Los Angeles for the first time, probably never thought they would like be friendly with the mayor of the city. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like, can't imagine that they would have <laughs> like just as much as they probably never thought they would, you know, be famous. And, and as weird as clubbing for the first time was, I, I, can't imagine they ever thought they would be 
friendly with the mayor, but there you go. <laughs> uh, Billy Martin told Loudwire that this song has one of his favorite guitar riffs they've ever done. Um, he says that Benji wrote it, but he thinks the main guitar riff, the way it starts out and the bass comes in with a very 80s sound, as soon as that came together real quick, I think we knew it was a special song. So. Yeah. It is a fun song to play. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> we covered it, so. Yeah. That was, the, I, I saw that video. That was fun. That The video I saw was Voltage Lounge in Philadelphia. Oh, in Philly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I've been, I so I saw Make Out. It was December 2017, and it was like a random place down the jersey shore but like not asbury park i want to say it was like belmar it was like a random venue um i don't think you guys played this cover then though no we wouldn't have um december 2017 in yeah. jersey mm-hmm. oh man i wish i could i wish i knew what that was it was they I all blend say, together after a while yeah i'm sure i want to say it was like belmar but it, it like i just remember driving as if I was going down to Asbury Park because uh, I you know I go to a lot of shows in Asbury Park um, but it was like not like a, a town that had as much going on as you know yeah, somewhere like right. Asbury yeah sometimes we end up in weird places it just happens yeah. like we don't have a lot of say in these things sure, so. yeah <laughs> um, oh and Lake okay so Lake Como at Paul's Tavern. What what was this place? Yes, yes, yeah. That 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 was it. Yeah. Um I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> Yeah, it was like a weird venue for sure. <laughs> Man, I wish I remembered what it was. Yeah. Um do you guys tend to play covers? pretty often or was it just for that like a headliner last year that you know wanting to do a longer set you pulled out some covers yeah um we traditionally haven't done a lot of covers mm -hmm. um i'm trying to think i don't know that we've done any other covers besides that actually now that i mm -hmm. think about it i mean when we were um when we were in trophy wives years ago um we used to cover some fallout boy uh, and we were known to break out some bear tooth every now and then okay <laughs> um but uh as far as makeout goes yeah i think that was the only time we actually ever played a cover cool so i i mean you know clearly since you've covered the song you know I'm, I'm guessing you still like it a lot but how has girls and boys held up for you over time like what you know what what are your thoughts on it like now or how do you do you see it differently um than maybe you did like 18 19 years ago yeah i mean um i think i'm kind of on the same uh in the same place as you are um where when it first came out i don't think i was looking at it as deep you know like the message behind right. it i don't think i understood as well as i do now looking back on it um because, you know, when we're kids, we're just like, yeah, girls don't like boys. Yeah. Girls like cars and money, you know? It's just like a, yeah. it's just you're taking it for, for the literal lyrics. Um, but, you know, now getting, growing up a little bit and, um, and doing more songwriting and stuff, uh, you know, you learn to kind of like read into the lyrics a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I still, you know, that whole record is still just. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Um and yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever, I don't think like my feelings towards the song have changed. Like I know we talked about um, whether it would have been released these days or, or yeah. not. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I still, I still love the song and uh, yeah. I mean, it was my suggestion to cover it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was my fault that we, you know, got to play that one. But um, yeah, yeah. I feel, no, I was going to say, I feel like there's, you know, the lyrics to the song are pretty simple, straightforward, but I feel like there's kind of a, a beauty. There's like a talent to distilling something in, you know, uh, this complex experience that I'm sure brings up a lot of emotions and feelings of, you know, going to a club in Los Angeles for the first time. Um, 
distilling that into something as like straightforward as this song while also kind of, you know, having this, and maybe this is just like an interpretation that, you know, you and I, it seems have, have both picked up on, but this interpretation that there's like an underlying frustration, even if that isn't directly expressed in the song. Yeah. I think that's just a sign of like a good songwriter. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Benji and Joel, I know that they, they write everything together pretty much. I mean, yeah. they're twins. So like, I can only imagine yeah. what that's like to be able to bounce ideas off one another. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's just like, I always like kind of strive for that as well. Just like being able to relay like a complicated message in simple terms, I think is mm-hmm. like a really hard thing to pull off. But if you can do that, that's kind of what makes a really great, what makes some really great lyrics for a song. Yeah. What's the, what's the, I mean, cause you're just talking about Benji and Joel being twins. What's the writing process typically like in Makeout? Like who, who is doing a lot of the writing? Is it like solo things? Is it like a group process? Um, yeah. I mean, when we did the good life with John, um, most, so every song on there, on the record, except for Salt Lake city, we did from scratch in the studio. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of collaboration there. I mean, like I mentioned before, um, Ashton and Callum from five seconds of summer were involved on a couple songs. We had a couple other people involved too, like, uh, Mitchie Collins. Um, Oh, from, from lovely um, the band. Yeah. I interviewed him about a year ago. He's great. Yeah. Great, great guy. Um, so it was really cool to be in that position where we were just like surrounded by all these creative people, mm-hmm. um, and being able to bounce ideas off one another was really cool. Um, but then, um, a lot of the time our, our singer, um, well, we have a new singer now, but yeah. our singer mm-hmm. at the time, Sam would be like in the vocal booth with Feldy and they'd be like working on some vocal stuff. And then, um, how it kind of worked with his studio, John had two engineers, Zach and Matt. And so Zach would be engineering with John in the, in the vocal booth. And then we'd be working on like guitars and bass and stuff in, the, in another room on other songs. Oh, wow. Um, while they're also recording, you know, vocals to a different song. So it was kind of, it was kind of a cool process. Um, like I can remember one time we were, we were tracking bass on, it was actually Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were in the other room writing some bass parts and John just comes out of the vocal booth, comes around the corner. He's like, he just like pops his head and he's like, Hey, Salt Lake City needs a guitar solo. And then closes the door and goes back into the, <laughs> into the vocal booth. So I don't know what they were talking about in the vocal booth that made him think that Salt Lake City needed a guitar solo. But then we we're like, all right, well, I guess we have to make a guitar solo. <laughs> um, I love it. But yeah, now, nowadays, um, we, it's definitely a, a group effort. Um, I do a lot of recording, especially now in quarantine. I have like a whole recording yeah. set up. Um, so I've been pumping away or pumping out some songs and then I'll send them our, our new singer's name is Kyle. So mm-hmm. I'll send him a lot of like demos and stuff and he'll send me back like voice memos with like some vocal melodies and then we'll like work on some lyrics and stuff and yeah. uh, AJ will pipe in with lyrics and yeah. So it's kind of, a, it's, it's a group effort. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been cool. Um, the only downside is that, you know, we're, we all live all over the place Right. Uh, where I'm, I'm in LA and then Kyle and AJ are in Chicago, Chicago. And, then our, and then our drummer Scott is between LA and Australia and he's stuck in Australia oh my God. at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's kind of a pain in the ass, but you know, we do what we can and uh, yeah. yeah, we have, you know, we have uh, several songs ready to go, a couple others that are almost there and everything in between. So yeah. Can you, and I don't know, so this is going to be released on uh, April 22nd. This episode will come out. Um, so are you able to like hint at, I mean, are, are we going to get like an EP, an album? I don't know. I don't know if you can say anything. Yeah. Um, so we have um, some singles ready to go. We're not ready to put out an EP just yet, uh, mm-hmm. but I know everybody wants to hear the new singer. Yeah. Um, so we do have some songs that are ready to go that we did with Travis Barker. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so that process, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, yeah. but that was a really cool <laughs> process as well. Um, yeah, so we have some singles ready to go, um, and we've just kind of been talking about it. So, funny enough, the quarantine screwed up our music video plans. Oh, so God. we would have had a song out by now, um, 
because we were we were supposed to leave for tour. Our first day of tour was supposed to be yeah. April second, and we were going to be putting out a song and a music video uh, as the tour started. Um, but now we don't have a music video because travel and all that stuff got screwed up. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of trying to figure out a way to release it still while everybody's stuck at home but we need i think we're going to end up doing an animated video um yeah, and i don't think we're going to put out the song that we're we were originally going to put out oh first. really so we're, we're changing our plans a little bit but um definitely very very soon yeah yeah i mean i so my full-time job i work in music video promotion um oh cool and yeah obviously you know so like we in terms of us being you know in the office we've all been working remotely for i think this is like our fourth week um and we're we're definitely like we're pushing people to you know go with things like lyric videos or animated videos um you know because that's something you know people are still like watch you know people are still listening to new music and and watching things but obviously you know yeah you you have to adapt while you can't be in person really anywhere to film videos or or do anything like that yeah exactly and the the first song that we were going to put out um is a pretty like it's a more serious message too, okay. um, which we didn't think would adapt too well to an animated video. Um, right. Okay. Especially because we kind of wanted to do something along the lines of uh, "Right Back at It Again" by A Day to Remember, kind of like mixed uh, okay. with like okay. South Park a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. So I'll be interested to see how it turns out because we we yeah. have the ball rolling on that. Um, yeah. But then, so the song we're end up we're going to end up putting out first is going to be a little bit more fun. Um, which is, you know, kind of a staple of our sound already anyway. So yeah. we're going to keep it lighthearted and fun for the first uh, single. And then we'll follow it up with the more serious one. Um, and cool. hopefully, you know, the quarantine will be over and we can actually shoot a real music video for that. I one. can, yeah, I can <laughs> hope. But, um, I'm, I'm super excited to hear new stuff from Makeout and, and to hear, you know, stuff with new band members. Um, so a few questions I like to ask to wrap things up um what has good charlotte meant to you over the years and has that changed in any way um you know what so it was really cool uh i mean i've always kind of idolized them you know like like i said them being my first show and seeing them just playing to an arena i was like holy shit like that would be really cool. I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and then, and then getting the opportunity to actually meet them um, was really grounding and, and really cool because um, Joel and Benji are, are very, very nice guys. Um, yeah. You know? And uh, so being able to like pull away from like the image of, you know, their band and actually just get to spend some time with them as people it made me appreciate them even more um mm-hmm. just because they were so level-headed and grounded and um i mean i mean look at who they're married to and stuff they're married they're right. both married to like movie stars and yeah but they're still like you know they know where they came from they came up from nothing and they still really appreciate that and they've you know they've done some huge stuff with helping out bands um oh yeah you know because they're managing a bunch of artists nowadays um and so just for them to be able to give back like that it just it made me appreciate them even more. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I've, we've run into them a few times over the years ever since, mm-hmm. um, we met them and, uh, you know, they always remember who we are and, and that's really cool, you know? Um, so definitely, um, some awesome people to look up to. And, uh, so I don't know that my perception has really changed, but maybe it's just changed for, even better. Like I always like love them as a band. Like you've kind of like seen like a more real side of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it just makes me appreciate them even more. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm really grateful for being able to meet them. And that's one of the reasons that I really wanted to do this, this podcast was, yeah. you know, I have had the experience of, of spending some time with them and, and whatnot. So. Oh, I'm um, so glad you could talk about that. Cause I, I knew, you know, I knew you had done the, the cover and everything, but I didn't realize you had gone to spend time with them, which was so cool to hear about. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, um, so John brought them to the studio, uh, when we were recording the good life and mm-hmm. that's how we kind of first came in touch with them. And then, you know, we interact, they came a couple times while we were recording the record and, you know, Benji took us out for lunch one day. Um, and then we ran into them at a five seconds of summer show uh, at Madison Square Garden. Oh, and, you know, awesome. um, 
so we like hung out at the after party and they were there and um you know i ran into them at uh so we were on warp 2018 and okay. they did the they did the um they did like a one-off the baltimore date yeah. yeah oh my god i woke up so i i worked the like new jersey and long island shows and okay. the i was kind of like i kind of knew good charlotte was gonna play like i, I was like yeah, they're definitely gonna play that maryland show and yeah. i woke up that day and like saw it on the internet that they were playing and i was just like shit i could just drive down and i like so regret not just driving you know four hours down to see them. i mean i i've seen them before i've seen them since you know but yeah. I, I regretted not going to see them play <laughs> honestly it was impossible to see them oh i'm so they, sure like, like uh you know i mean we were on the tour so like yeah. we could go anywhere but they had like nobody was allowed backstage yep. yep um and where the stage was that day it was like on a downhill so like the stage was at the top of a hill almost so like once you get like i don't know 15 people back it's really really hard to see right Um, so everybody was just like trying to pack in and get as close as they could and it was just like a nightmare so i kind of just like watched from afar. well i didn't even really watch i just listened from afar yeah (laughs) um but i did manage to run into them later too which was cool so um so we've talked about five seconds of summer a bit so uh i do have to ask what is your favorite song on the new five seconds of summer record Ooh, i really like wildflower okay yeah that's i think my favorite is high um okay that one's cool too i like that one a lot yeah i think wild the record's so good wildflower is definitely like a it seems to be one that's like a popular track people from what i've seen on twitter it seems like a lot of people are are liking that one a lot too yeah, well, it's just, like, it has this cool, like, 80s vibe to it. And they had mm, another yeah. song on the last record, um, what's it called, that I really liked, too, because uh, it was kind of the same idea. It was um, uh, Talk Fast on, yes. the, on the last yes. record. Also yeah. kind of has, like, the 80s, like, police vibe. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think it's really cool. They do it really yeah. well. Now, I'm, like, I'm praying I can get tickets and I'm praying that that tour still, still uh, goes as planned. When's it supposed to be? Uh, It's the New Jersey show is like September 6th. It's like Labor Day weekend. Um, Oh, September should. I feel like September will be Fingers crossed. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm praying because it's like around my birthday. So I'm like, all right, all right. (laughs) We got to make this happen. You're like, I would like to hang out with friends. Right. 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 I, well, I saw the, the one time I've seen five seconds of summer was on my birthday uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe kind of continue that tradition. Yeah. That's a cool tradition. Yeah. So Tyler, do you have any last words about girls and boys about good Charlotte about make out or about yourself? Um, Let's see. Um, well, thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you for um, coming on. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, Mike sent us all the email and I, I jumped on it cause I was like, <laughs> I got all sorts of stories about. Yes. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for having me. That was great. Um, yeah. And you know, that record, the young and the hopeless and, and um, it's just one of that's always going to stick with me forever. So it was yeah. really cool to get to kind of elaborate on that a little bit. And um, yeah, I mean, as and as far as makeout goes, um, you know, we're really bummed that we should be on tour right now. Yeah. Uh, so we're really bummed that we didn't get to, to make that happen because uh, for obvious reasons. Right. Um, but yeah, they're working on rescheduling the tour. Uh, when that's going to be is still kind of up in the air because everything is up in the air right now. Um, but we will have a song out before the summer. Um, so I'm looking forward to putting new music out and see what everybody thinks. Um, you know, it was really hard to pick a new vocalist. Um, but you know, Kyle is a great guy, um, fantastic singer and a great guitar player. So we really couldn't have gotten anybody better. So I'm really excited to, uh, see what everybody else thinks. Yeah, I am. I am super excited. I'm so excited. Uh, cause you know, the first record is great and I'm, I'm just sure that, you know, whatever is, uh, in the future for makeout is going to be awesome as well. Um, Tyler, so where can people find you as well as the band, uh, online? Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm makeout Tyler on Twitter, Instagram, everything. 
Um, that's how you can find me. And the band is at Makeout Official. Uh, and that's the same on everything as well. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff is all Makeout Official. Um, yeah, so be on the lookout for some new tunes soon. And um, we'll hopefully be seeing you either at the end of the summer or the fall. Awesome. Tyler, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, this has been awesome. I would love to have you back. Uh, to everyone listening, thank you for tuning in to episode two of Generation GC. We'll be back next week, next Wednesday, with an episode talking about a song from the Chronicles of Life and Death. You can follow Generation GC at uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The handle is at Generation GC Pod, P O D. You can also follow me. Uh, Molly at M Huddleson, M H U D E L S O N on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great week.